The following podcast is a Next Level production. going on everybody ben back here bringing you another spotlight session edition of the wilhelm podcast and i apologize that i've been away for a little while i've had some things going on and i've been working on some new things for the show but i can't think of a better way to come back with the show than this particular episode my guest in the spotlight series this time around he is a uh an, an award winning uh d- producer director screenwriter uh my guest is Brennan Braga who you would know from Star Trek the Next Generation Star Trek Voyager 24 Terra Nova Salem the Orville Cosmos uh and now he joined me this time around to talk about the new series premiering on Peacock it's a Peacock original it's a six part docu series called The End Is Nigh with Bill Nye and let me tell you I watched the first two episodes of this. Uh, I was um, I had screeners that I was able to watch before talking to Brennan in preparation for this. And I watched the first two episodes before speaking to Brennan. And I was so engaged with this series that immediately after I finished speaking with Brennan, I went and I knocked out the last four episodes. And so I got through all six in a day. It's an amazing series. If you are a fan, uh, if you were a fan of Bill Nye, the science guy or Bill Nye saves the world, or just a fan of Bill Nye, you're going to highly enjoy this series. It's more for adults. And let me tell you, it's, it's serious, but hopeful. And that's one of the reasons why I absolutely loved this series. And I plan to watch it again, especially after it premieres again, Thursday, December, uh, December, <laughs> August 25th uh, on Peacock, exclusively on Peacock. So this coming Thursday, or if you're listening to this after this Thursday, it's already out. So go and check it out. Uh, new things coming to the podcast. As I mentioned before, uh, some of you might be watching this. If you're listening to this, there's now video available for you to watch it. So going forward, every podcast is going to have a video version available to watch on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, if Uh, So that includes the top five formatted episodes and celebrity conversations. If the celebrity is okay with the video, we'll have a video version of it, but video versions of everything going forward. So if you're watching this right now, hello out there. Uh, If you're listening to it, I encourage you to check out the video versions as well. Uh, Make sure you're following the podcast on uh, on social media at Wilhelm podcast on Instagram and Facebook. The will, um, uh, I'm stumbling over my words and I apologize again. First time back in a little bit after a break. Wilhelmpodcast.com is where you can go to find all the places you can subscribe to the podcast. So if you're not already, I highly encourage you to do so. And of course, going forward, the video versions you can follow on my Twitch stream, my personal Twitch stream, which is twitch.tv slash I am Ben Beck. While you're at it, if you want to follow my personals, I am Ben Beck on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And of course, the new YouTube page that I'm going to be that uh, will be set up by the time you're hearing this is youtube.com slash Wilhelm podcast. So very easy things to remember. This conversation with Brennan was absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited that I got the opportunity to speak to him as he's been a part of so many things that have 
built my love for science fiction. Uh, you know, from we got to talk about Cosmos, we got to talk about the Orville, which anybody who knows me knows I'm incredibly passionate about that show and my love for that show, my admiration for that show. And now this one, the end is nigh with Bill Nye. Uh, and I'm happy to say that I'm, I believe Brennan is probably going to be coming back on the podcast as well. So we can talk more. We can talk Trek. We can talk uh, Star Trek Generations, Star Trek First Contact, and so much, all the projects he has a hand in. Special thanks to the wonderful people over there at NBC and Peacock for getting this set up uh, and allowing me this opportunity. Hopefully, I look forward to working with them more in the future. But in the meantime, please enjoy this amazing conversation with director, producer, and screenwriter, Brennan Braga. Welcome to another edition of the Spotlight series here on the Wilhelm Podcast. My guest in the Spotlight is an Emmy-nominated Peabody and Critics' Choice Award winning producer, screenwriter, and director who you would know from Star Trek Next Generation, 24, Cosmos, most recently The Orville, as, a num as well as a number of other projects. Uh, his newest project, The End is Nigh, is a six-part docuseries with Bill Nye coming to Peacock this week, Thursday, August 25th. Please welcome Brannon Braga. Hi. <laughs> Brannon, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah, this is my first time using this platform to do the recording. So if it was a little delayed getting in, I um I no, apologize. It's it's kind of it it it's cool looking. Yeah, it's it's really it's really great. It's allowing me to do some new uh to take my audio platform to visual now and do some create some new content and stuff like that. Cool. So um I have to say to start things off it's it's a great pleasure to get to speak with you because I know I know I'm not the only person that feels this way but you have been a part of so many projects that have basically culminated in my love for science fiction and science fact, as a matter of fact, in the same way. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Terra Nova, I, I was a big fan of that show and was really disappointed when it got canceled. Uh, you know, Cosmos, both seasons of Cosmos, excuse me, that you did with Dr. Tyson. And then most recently, The Orville, which I, I, I want to spend a couple minutes with you on that, obviously, before we get into The End is Nigh. But, you know, most of the work that you that makes up your body of work. It, a majority of it seems to be science fiction and, and the docu-series, uh, you know, surrounding science, as I mentioned. What kind of drew you to that genre as a writer, screenwriter, director? Well, I, I had an interest in science fiction from an early age. I mean, the, some science fiction has been a part of movies since the dawn of cinema. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the first movies is a rocket hitting the moon, uh, which is a big face. I can't remember a uh, French filmmaker, maybe the Lumiere brothers. I can't remember, but science fiction is a, is a great way to explore all sorts of different stories and themes that, uh, that are extraordinary and take it out of the realm of the ordinary. And you can, it's just more fun. You know, I was a yeah. big Twilight Zone fan growing up because um it, as I would learn later, I just loved the writing. Mm. I realized what set that show apart was Rod Serling. And that made me want to get into writing. Yeah, you can kind of see a little bit of that influence, too, with Cosmos and now The End is Nigh, because it is kind of similar in that aspect. But you mentioned Rod Serling, you know, kind of being the host of the stories that are being told. And now that's very similar with, you know, 
with Dr. Tyson, with Cosmos, and now Bill Bill Nye with uh, The End is Nigh. Particularly The End is Nigh, where, where I would joke around on the set that he's uh, Bill Serling. He's kind of taking you <laughs> into this uh, some dark, disastery uh, storylines. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can definitely see the influence in that now that you mentioned the Twilight Zone as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Cosmos in itself was was su- had such an impact on me because I'm the same way. I've always been a fan of science and, and science fiction, and I know the, exactly the movie you're talking about. I just can't remember the title of it. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. I've seen the colorized version, I, and it, it's a relatively short film, I think, too. I think it's yeah. only a couple minutes long. Uh, but, you know, Cosmos introduced me to that world of Cosmos. I mean, I had only heard of Carl Sagan coming up through high school and then getting to see Cosmos and dive into that world, both um, with uh, uh, Space Time Odyssey and Possible World. It actually made me go back to watch the original series with Carl Sagan. And I've rewatched not only the original series, but both of the the most recent series a number of times and it still blows my mind every time i watch those series and i think i still pick up on something new almost every time i watch it i look i was in high school i think i was a a freshman when um the original cosmos came out with carl sagan and it had such a profound impact on my life it sparked a lifelong interest in not just astronomy, but science. It made me realize what critical thinking was. It, it gave me a lens through which to see reality mm-hmm. more clearly. I didn't really understand what science was until I saw that show and I listened to Carl. And I, I'm so lucky and it's so surreal to me that, uh, you know, many decades, a couple decades later, I'd be making the new one with Andruian, who co-wrote the original with Carl. She was married to Carl. And uh, it was really um, a, gr- a great responsibility to not screw it up. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <you know. laughs> a lot and of pressure. Recapture the feeling that I, that I had watching the original, which was oftentimes would move, almost move you to tears at, at the, just the, how awesome the universe, how, magical and amazing the universe is and the awe that it inspires that it's just a certain feeling and i think we i think we accomplished it um yeah you absolutely did i mean i can think of one thing just off the top of my head now that really kind of did the same thing to me the same effect you had watching the original me watching the the new series that you were a part of is the whole cosmic calendar and how our lifetimes are such just a small, like a, a second of that calendar of a year. Like it, it's so all inspiring and it's almost tough to put your head around how realistic that actually is. And it kind of, it, it does, it, it draws an emotion. It does. It, it's humbling. It's, it's uh, mysterious. It's uh, awe inspiring. It's, it's a, it's a mixed, it's just a, a a feeling that's hard to pinpoint by the way, the cosmic calendar was in the original. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we brought it into the, you know, modern day, you know, visual effects realm and did something even more spectacular with it. But it was, I, I remember the original Carl Sagan with the original cosmic calendar and they, 
he and and Andrean were so such geniuses at coming up with ways to convey big science. How do you know? How do we convey the long passages of time? Because we don't think that way. And they came up with the calendar. It was just genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and, and yeah, humanity is uh, is a fraction of a second at the very, very, very end of the calendar. <laughs> yeah, it's it's again. It's like I remember. Just that first episode of watching that before I had watched the original series, as I mentioned, I went back and watched uh, it afterwards. Yes, it, it was just so awe-inspiring to me that, like, from that episode on, just starting off with that, I just I could not wait to dive into it. And then I got so excited when the second series was announced and came back. So, I mean, I, I applaud you on that because, again, like as I mentioned, you've been a part of so many projects that have been part of my my love for science and science that, fiction. By the way, you saying that make, makes, makes it all worthwhile. Truly. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> um, but another, another project I, I just want to spend one or two minutes on, and then we're going to move on to the end is night. Cause I absolutely want to talk to you about that. Um, I have to mention the Orville. Like I am such a, anybody who knows me knows I'm such a massive, not only fan of that show, but I've been a huge cheerleader for that show. Thank I you. have, I have gotten so many of my friends to give that show a shot. And those people have grown to love the show as well, that we were so excited for season three. And then season three, you just blew one and two out of the water. I mean, season three was incredible. Thank you. Uh, that was Seth's vision. You know, I, when he wanted to move the show from network television to Hulu, so that we could do longer episodes. I had no idea what he actually intended, <laughs> which was to make a movie every week. Yeah, it's like 10 movies. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like a couple of them are not like almost 90 minutes long. They are, they are, but the storytelling, it's not just the visual effects are, are feature film quality. Um, I think the, the one, the next to last episode has the biggest space battle I've ever seen on mm -hmm. television. Um, and has more shots in it, visual effects shots than an average Marvel movie. Uh, it's just, but the the emotional scope of the storytelling is what I'm most proud of. I I think I got emotional and teared up almost every episode of season three, and almost every episode, if not every episode. Yeah. I mean, the the episode with Gordon going back in the past is probably my favorite episode of the third season. Um, but in addition to being the executive, one of the executive producers on the series and one of the writers on the series too, I kind of credit you um, as far as the, the show in directing as well, because I know you directed a number of episodes in the first season. And one of the things I would always tell people when I was cheerleading for the show and telling them to watch it, I would always tell them you have to get to the third episode because that third episode about a, um, about a girl, I think really solidifies what the show was about to become. That's such a, a very keen insight. And I don't know if you're aware that episode was originally like episode eight or nine in the season. And Seth wanted to pull it up to air as soon as possible because he was like, this is what the show is. And people mm -hmm. need to know this as, as early as they can. So he, he, he moved the show up to episode three um, for that very reason that you're saying. And, yeah. and it's going to be like, people are going to accept this or they're not, but they need to know that this is a, a serious science fiction show that we're not making fun of science fiction. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, and 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 that's exactly what I got from watching that episode, and what I tell people when I get them to to give the show a chance. I'm like, one and two are kind of establishing of the characters and what we're getting, and the show definitely has humor going forward. But that third episode, as I mentioned, that you directed, it, that really sets the tone for what the rest of the show is going to be. And and of course, that storyline. Um, turns out to be one of the great storylines. Mm-hmm. It awesome. continues all the way through season three. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I know I, we're, we're limited time, so I definitely well, let let's dive into the end is nigh. Yeah, because um, I definitely want to talk about that. It's a Peacock original six part docuseries releasing this week, as I mentioned, this Thursday, August 25th, uh, exploring both myths and realities from natural and unnatural threats. Uh, I had the chance to first to see the first couple episodes already. I'm really anticipating looking forward to finishing the the, the rest of them. Um, you know, as I mentioned with Cosmos, this is not your first foray into this where did the idea for this series come from so you saw the first two i saw the first two i've seen the first two episodes okay great that's good to know um i'll ask you about that in a second the i the idea was seth's idea um and he was commenting kind of at the height of the pandemic um there was a lot of fear-mongering going on on television you know uh, on cable news and uh, you know other places, and he's like, "How can we do, use that for for good?" You know, and we ca- we came up with this idea of doing a science disaster show where the first half would hopefully kind of scare the crap out of you, mm-hmm. and grab you by the <laughs> collar, and and immerse you in a an entertaining but terrifying tale, and then in which culminates in Bill's death, and some unexpected way and then in the second half bring bill back to show you how we can survive and and leave on a hopeful note that we can humans have had their backs against the walls many times and we've come through it and we can do it again and science plays a big part of that yeah i mean and that's one of the things i wanted to mention too in in watching those first two episodes is I, I feel like from just from the first two episodes that I've seen, I mean, I was a big fan of Bill Nye, the science guy. I watched Bill Nye Saves the World from Netflix. And then watching this, I honestly think this might be Bill at his best. And that's saying a lot considering all that he's done. But at the same time, like it's there in those first two episodes, there are moments that legit scared the hell out of me. And I, I think that's a good way to approach it, as you mentioned, because I think you're right. I think there are people that just kind of need to be shaken to, to wake up to what is potentially happening and what could potentially happen. Well, look, this is uh, the first review of the show. So I'm, I'm very keen to, to hear what you think about uh, the first two episodes um, and whether they're working. <laughs> I can, uh, so I can tell you, I feel privileged that I'm the first review of the show that you're getting. Um, it's if not one of them, I, I can tell you the first two episodes are I I tend I'll, I'll give it to you from my personal perspective. I tend to prep a lot for interviews while I'm watching screeners and and things like that. I take notes of what I'm watching and then take notes about the person I'm speaking with. I didn't take any notes during it because I was stuck to watching what I was watching. I was so engaged in what I was watching that I I legit had to pause at certain moments to in order to take the notes because i didn't want to miss anything that was happening (laughs) on the screen and 
you know, a little, you, you mentioned it already, so it's not really too much of a spoiler, but there are moments where the character that Bill is playing when he enters into these worlds does not survive. And that kind of shook me a little bit, too, in the fact, like, the first episode, he makes it through, and you think it's, like, a fun, he you know, he sits up after being taken out by a massive wave, but then in the second episode, he doesn't make it. He's sitting in a car, you know... <laughs> spoilers yeah Yeah, exactly and it kind of gave me a sinking feeling in my stomach but in a way that like yeah we really need to pay attention to what's going on but then when you have those moments like that where you know again like he doesn't survive it's great to have that hopeful moment where he comes down the escalator enters the lab and now we're going to talk about how we can fix this well said we can do to fix this (laughs) well said yeah, I mean, I'm I'm such a fan of the show and like I'm already after two episodes and I can't wait to not only watch the remaining episodes, the remaining four episodes, but just like Cosmos, go back and watch it again to see if there's anything new I learned the second time around. Yeah, there's always there's always a tidbit here and there that you miss. Um, and it's it. I try not to li- put too much in there. So it's overwhelming. Sometimes if you're just throwing information at people, it's it's not effective. It's always better if it's in the context of a story mm-hmm. and hopefully a story with some emotional value because that's what sticks in people's minds. Yeah. I mean, and there's things that like I, I consider myself a relatively intelligent person. As I mentioned, I watch a lot of science documentaries as well. I watched Cosmos a number of times just to keep throwing that one out there. Uh, but I've watched a number of other documentaries that I've seen before. So anytime that there's a, doc- a documentary or a docuseries presented to me in which I can learn new information that I didn't know before, I automatically consider that a win. So I learned more about Old Faithful and... Yellowstone National Park that I didn't know. I had no idea that area. Again, this is a little spoilery for people who haven't seen it yet, but <laughs> I had no idea that area was as massive as it was. Yeah. Yellowstone's huge. And it's basically one giant volcano. Yeah. And, and that's something I didn't that's, know. <laughs> that's why there's stuff bubbling to the surface. That's why there's uh, steaming pools and that's all volcanic activity. And yeah. it's, it's really pretty in, until the day eventually, hopefully not in our in, anytime soon. If that thing blows, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And you project that incredibly well in the series as well. But again, the, the hopeful moments and everything that follow it up about how not only can we kind of somewhat prevent this, but how can we use these natural disasters to our advantage as a humanity? That's right. At the same time, you know, using that volcanic energy from Yellowstone that it could basically power the entire continent. That's right. It makes you think, why are we not doing this? Yeah. Geothermal energy is something that I didn't know a lot about. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is a boundless, free source of energy that actually is being used. It powers Iceland, essentially. Mm -hmm. They're obviously have a lot of volcanoes, but um, hopefully people... And young people are inspired to, to look into this um, and and other things that the show depicts. You know, w- there are ways to to benefit from volcanoes. They're not they don't they're not they don't have to be dis- just destroyers. They, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, one of the other questions, I know we're, we're getting to the last minute or two, but I, one of the questions I wanted to ask before we, I let you go is, you know, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier about like the naysayers. There's the climate control deny, the climate change deniers out there and such. Did any of that have an impact on when you were developing this series? Like, what are these people going to say? Or did you basically just say, you know what, to hell with those people. We're going to make the series we want to make naysayers be damned. Well, the thing about disasters is they can't be denied. I mean, they're happening. Mm-hmm. And if and what we're trying to do is not proselytize. We do depict some naysayer uh, people. Seth MacFarlane's cameos usually are in the form of some jerk who's making the situation mm-hmm. worse. Uh, but we're just presenting. We just want to present the facts of what's happening that we know to be true thanks to science and ways that, that, that science can help us survive better as a species. I'm, and I, I don't know why anyone would want to deny that course of action. Yeah. Um, and that's really what we're hoping to do. And it, you know, it, is it a science show? Yes. It's a science show in the guise of a disaster movie. And I th- hope that that's going to bring people in and, and keep them watching so that they can learn what we're trying to, to, to teach. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, I'm a huge fan of the show already, having only seen two episodes. It premieres later this week, August 25th, on Peacock as a Peacock original. Uh, and um, I, again, I think this is Bill is best, and I think you guys have another great science uh, docuseries on your well, hands. So I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for your attention and your kind words. I really do appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Brandon, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Hey, anytime. Appreciate uh, it. Bring me back. I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely will. Cool.